Coming up on NBL Now, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix haven't taken long to fill their gap. We tell you who is and what he's been up to the last couple of years. A huge game to start the round on Thursday night between the Phoenix and Melbourne United. Andrew Bogut says it's nut-cutting time, whatever that means. And the 36ers talk about their future plans as well. Well, that's all coming up on NBL Now. It is December the 13th. Great to have your company on NBL Now. I'm Jack Heverin, as always, on a Wednesday morning, alongside Derek Rucker. D-Ruck, good morning to you. Good morning, Jack, and I can't wait to talk about this nut metaphor because I'm very confused. I've got no idea what it means. We'll get to that very, very shortly. Let's start with the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. It was been the news of the last 24 hours. They parted ways with Will Cummings. It hasn't taken them long. Abdel Nader, who, for those who watch the NBA, who have watched some, some international basketball, it will be a familiar name for them. He comes in. Yeah, and full credit to Tommy Greer and the Phoenix staff down there for getting it done quickly. It drives me crazy when teams take so long to find a replacement. You're not doing your fans justice. You're killing the team with the uncertainty and the waiting around, trying to figure out how the composition is going to to occur. So Nader comes in. He's a journeyman. But he hasn't played much in the past few years, Jack. Kind of reminiscent of the Tyler Johnson situation in Brisbane. We saw it Mm. took Tyler a while to get himself going, but he turned out to be very effective. And so I guess for Nader, it's kind of a race against when will I find match fitness and match comfort within this new group. So 224 NBL games across Boston in the 2017-18 season Played in all 11 of their playoff games in that season as well. Played at OKC for two seasons, last two seasons at Phoenix. But the interesting point is that, Derek, and Liam Santamaria spoke about this last night on NBL Overtime, is that he hasn't played a lot in the last two years. There's been some issues with injury as well. So in some respects, is that okay because the Phoenix, and we saw them on Sunday, they're in good shape right now. They've got Mitch Creek and Alan Williams up and firing. They're getting support from Gary Brown and others. So because of their situation, does it give Nate a time to acclimatize? I think that's a key point. And also the fact that he's been around. He's smart. He understands what basketball is about at this level. So he's not going to come in there thirsty, trying to take usage away from Williams, trying to take it away from Creek, trying to step on what Gary Brown does out there on the floor. So I think it's a, it's a very savvy pickup. And as you said, it allows him time to figure out what's going on. But Jack, they have really good contributions from their bench guys. I mean, it could be that I don't know when he plans on arriving in the country, but we may not see him until the following week. Obviously, it's always great to have another body out there just that you can go to in a throwdown matchup. But I don't see a real urgency to get him in the lineup. I did, I did see an urgency to get him signed in here, but not necessarily to play extended minutes. And if for those listening, if you want to jump on YouTube and look up some of his highlights, the guy can hop. There's no doubt about that. This guy can jump and this guy's athletic. Well, Jack, you don't play that many NBA games if you're a bum. This is a very, very good point. Hey, speaking of the Phoenix, Thursday night to tomorrow night, they play Melbourne United to open up the round in a throwdown. This is enormous. I mean, the scene set, isn't it? The Southeast Melbourne with their best win of the season, arguably one of the best wins in franchise history on Sunday against the Sydney Kings. 
Melbourne absolutely walloped the Brisbane Bullets to make a bit of a statement that their loss to Cairns was one-off. There's got there's so many elements to this matchup. Well, firstly, I'm shocked that a non-Victorian like myself is being asked to comment on the throwdown. So I'm honored, Jack, that I get to provide some analysis on this subject. Secondly, last Sunday when Melbourne United played Brisbane, Melbourne United would have beaten the Celtics on that day. That's how convinced I am that Dean Vickerman was going to have those guys ready. That's just a bad matchup for Brisbane. I don't think Brisbane should be too, too, too upset about what happened. You got to put that one away and get ready to come back. Southeast Melbourne, one of the best games of their season. So now it comes to the throwdown. And how does this all come together? Last time I said Southeast Melbourne would win the game by six. I don't have that same anticipation this game. Melbourne United looked really good. And the key is Ian Clark. That guy changes them from being a team that is beatable at times. I'm not saying they're not the championship leader without him. But when he's in the lineup, Jack, there's no one else that can go with him. Tasmania would have to play at the highest of highest levels to be able to beat Melbourne United over a five-game series. Southeast Melbourne have their hands full. There's no way I would bet against United in this matchup. What is it about Ian Clark, Ruck? Why do they look so different when he's in the lineup? He just looks like he's at ease with himself. He's content from a basketball perspective. And he's got immense talent. He's got high basketball IQ. He's patient. He knows exactly what his role is. And I'm always talking about fit, Jack, whether it's coaching fits, player fits. This fit for Ian Clark may be better than what he was in at Sydney, where they won a championship. I just think that the vibe, everything suits him perfectly, and the guy continues to perform at a super high level. To the Sydney Kings, who, as we mentioned, we saw on Sunday, uh, it was far from their best performance. And I think before we dive into some of the comments about it, Ruck, was it a was it a performance that made you come away with more questions than answers about them? The big problem for me with the Kings is that energy. And Jack, we've worked enough games together now that you know that is one of my real points of, of emphasis. I'm looking for it early in the game. Who comes out the gates ready to play? Who's trying to impose their will, their physical presence on the opposition? And I just don't see it enough with this Kings team. And if that's a problem, then you got to look to the answer and the solution. Who can provide that? So I look at this Kings roster, and yes, there is concern because all that oomph, that drive, that motor you're looking for, those are the keys to playing good team defense. I've Googled what nut cutting means. Uh, I've got to be a little bit careful. My Safari history showed up some other stuff that I'm going to have to try and delete. But when I found out what nut cutting actually meant, it says time to exert maximum effort, for example, due to an approaching deadline or a looming competitive situation. When you say it like that, based on Andrew Bogut's comments on his podcast, it actually makes a lot of sense. Well, Bogut didn't miss on this one. You know, a great phrase, and whether it was nut cutting, nut pressuring, nut crunching, I was thinking of the Christmas spirit like walnuts. But nevertheless, <laughs> I think the Kings are under a lot of pressure, and we feel that tension down there in the building when things don't go to plan. There's a sense of, I'm not going to say panic, but there's certainly a high degree of concern and a tightness that 
seems to envelop that club and that franchise. But if you read the article on MBL.com, he points to effort. Yeah. Luke Longley points to defense. They want to see guys going out there. And look, this is part of the, the Aussie sporting culture. Give it your best. As long as you do that, we can pretty much live with the guys. Over the time, we're talking about the starting lineup uh, and whether Jalen Galloway comes back in. What would you do with this starting lineup? This is tricky, real tricky. They have so many perimeter guys. They've got Galloway. They've got Valentine. They've got Tui. They've got Glover. And all those guys basically can play the same position or step on top of each other in terms of minutes. Tui has struggled when the full lineup is there. He's been really good when Galloway was out, when Valentine was probably not willing to sacrifice his minutes for the sake of the development of Australian basketball. So that's where my local bias comes into play. But it's not like he's a scrub that can't get the job done. So I need to find him minutes, especially if he's going to be around next season. I need away minutes. Okay, he's part of the future for me. Then it comes down to, okay, Valentine and and Glover. Having a tough time right now, Angus Glover. Probably going to have to take a backseat, make sure he's doing the work um, away from the game to keep himself ready. But then, Jack, can you creep up and play a little bit smaller, maybe pinch some minutes off of DJ Hogue? Okay, DJ Hogue, immensely talented. Immensely talented, beautiful shooter, beautiful player of the game, but sometimes it looked like he is straight chilling out there. He's got to come with more desire from the tip. He's too talented to leave plays out there, to leave effort plays out there. He needs to assert himself physically more often and regularly in games. I'd love to see Angus Glover start, to be honest, or, or or come in really early in the game. I think if you're looking for spark and energy, he hasn't had a great season, but it, it can change quickly. Well, you're a big time Glover fan, and I can't I, I can't blame you for that. Um, you know, he and Quat Noy um, had a large role in that championship last season, and he's the other one too, Jack. Is Quat Noy's absence affecting how this team plays defensively? Noy. Not necessarily a great one-on-one defender and not known, but he gives length, he gives size, he's pretty savvy. He hustles, he works. So, you know, I'll be keen to see when he gets back in the lineup how things affect the rotation and if it improves their defensive rating. Let's finish with the Adelaide 36ers. Two things about them. Number one, Ogden Ulich reported last night on overtime that the 36ers have a desire to sign DJ Vasiljevic to a multi-year deal beyond this season. The contract was only ever for this current season, nothing beyond that. DJ's spoken about how he loves living in Adelaide and how he's enjoying the environment. If, Regardless of who's coaching, but if you were the front office, would you make that move? Well, you need a star. And DJ does have star power. I don't think he's playing particularly well this season, but he's playing productively enough. He's getting a lot of raw numbers which is fine for this season because that team's not going anywhere. So looking forward, who do we want to build around? Who gives us hunger? Who gives us, who has talent? And I think DJ fits that that criteria pretty well. I think it would be a good choice to go ahead and give him two or three years. And, you know, 
where are you going to go in terms of Australian talent? Who else is out there in the market that's willing to come to Adelaide during downtime? So you have to factor that into the equation also. So I'd go ahead and stitch DJ up for a couple of t- or maybe three years. And the other, Nick Bavado, the CEO, has spoken to the media early this week and says that they are looking at the future. No movement on the coaching situation as yet. But what they do want is to look at a general manager of basketball or senior figure type role, which, Ruck, to be honest, and, and history will tell you this, and Adelaide might not necessarily like hearing some of that, but they have needed something like this for quite some time. It's true. But you know what else they need right now, Jack? Another import. Yeah. Go out and get someone. Again, New Zealand went out and got guys. Um, we, just saw, we just talked about Southeast Melbourne going and getting guys. You're, in this league, it is too hard to try and win games when you're down on talent and having filled all your roster spots that are allocated by the NBL. So, yep, I love that. Your GM brings somebody in there that can run the basketball side of things. And I thought having to do so much was a strain also on CJ's coaching performance. You need help at this level, you know? It's not 1996 anymore where you can throw Gaze and Copeland out there and dominate the competition, okay? Things are a lot different now. And I think Nick is right in this assessment and where they need to go to improve as a franchise. Rock, as always, you're a star. Thank you for joining us this morning, and we will hear from you across the weekend. And Jack, I was I read the uh, the comments about the the cyclone coming up in Cairns, and I was thinking, wow, that's an unfortunate situation. And then I realized I'm covering the game in Cairns. Yes, yes. So who knows? This might be oh, last thought. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See you later. Keep your eye on that situation as well at nbl.com.au. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you tomorrow.